Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. This is um, show um, 698. I'm doing this live at World Cup Europe. It's been mayhem. I've managed to upset all the panel, especially Spencer. So that's the only golden point about this. Uh, I've, I've, I've upset Spencer, so that's quite good. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and I'm going to let our guest, who has been extremely patient, who is also a little bit frustrated, but looks quite calm. I'm going to let Brian introduce himself to the tribe. Off you go, Brian. Yeah, uh, I'm Brian Cords. I'm a WordPress developer and have been for about a decade or so. I write for Master WP, so you'll probably see me there pretty often. Um, and I'm very excited to be here and to watch watch this unfold. Yes, it's normally not so bad, Brian, but you know, it is what it is. And I've got my friend Sally. Sally, would you would you like Hi, to? I'm Sally Getch, the WordPress fangirl in Oakley, California, and uh, <clears throat> uh, always here because it provides consistent entertainment. Yes, got my friend John. John Locke, would you like to introduce yourself, John? John from Lockdown SEO, West Coast, Best Coast. That's right. And I've got my friend, or was my friend, uh, um, Spencer. I think he just wants to cut my balls off there. Uh, um, Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Spence from WPLaunchify.com. I also write for Master WP, and I love Brian's work there and Rob Howard's work there. I'm eating these very amazing chili pistachios, so I am hardly angry. I couldn't be happier than I am right now. And the fact that it took an hour and a half to get the show, I could care started. I could care less. I have nowhere to go. I'm going for a walk and a bike ride and a nap after this. So you attribute your anger to yourself. I'm in a good mood. All right, that's nice to know. So we're, we're fine. So before we go into the main um, stories of this show, I've got the most important part. I've got a couple um, key messages from uh, some of our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. And I just want to point out that um, we've got some special offers from our sponsors. Also got some great um, recommendations around WordPress plugins and services. You can get all these goodies by going to WP Tonic Recommendations. And uh, um, we've had some minor technical problems. Most of the panel were compassionate and understanding, as, apart from Uncle Spencer. He didn't seem to want to be that, but there we go. And uh, um, we're going to go into story number one. WordPress turns 19, celebrates WordPress on its 19th birthday. And there's a couple of stories. One was in Master WP and one was in a tavern because we've got Brian. Brian, uh, um, what do you think your story in Master WP was about? The 19 years, Brian. Yeah, you know, I think um, what they really focused on was David and Olivia Bissett set up a kind of special landing page and did some live events that day. And, you know, I think these birthdays kind of come and go, but this one 
was felt a little bit more exciting just in the fact that they were really rallying the community to make videos, to post, you know, anecdotes, that sort of stuff. So um, we kind of wrote about that. And I think uh, Naisha, who also writes for Master MVP, talked to Olivia and just kind of got a little more information about it. But um, but yeah, you know, the, these kind of birthdays are usually not quite as exciting. So that, that was that was pretty cool. So, Sally, what did you what did you reckon about it? You know, oh, well, I I went to one of those events, um, and it it was good to uh, to see people and check in. Uh, you know, when WordPress turned fifteen, they uh, I know uh, 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 issued uh, you know special uh, uh, WP is fifteen swag shirts and. Um, we had a, my meetup had a party with a cake uh, that I had them put the Gutenberg logo on. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, it would be nice if next year for the 20th anniversary, we could have an in-person party uh, again. Uh, you know, 19 is not a, a, a kind of a landmark year, uh, but I think everybody has uh, needed a little celebration and a little sense of connection to community. So, Uncle Spencer, what did you think? 19, almost as long as you had to wait to get on this show, Spencer. Um, what's interesting to me is that um, 19 years to me seems like it was yesterday. I've been here for 16 and a half years, really. I was in 2006. And uh, it's funny because I never really did this because it was a livelihood. I was in other businesses at the time. So when I think of other things, you know, that I've been involved in for 20 years, it's more like a hobby. It's like a group of people that, you know, kind of did fun stuff. And I never felt like I was working, even though it accidentally turned out that my livelihood is based on it. I think where we're at now for the next 20 years, though, is going to be the most interesting. And I know Brian and I both write about this. We're at a transition period in WordPress that we all can decide for ourselves. And I intend to be very vocal going forward on what I believe is a solution for all of us to win because the difference between today, 19 years later, and the beginning is none of us did it in the beginning because they thought you are going to make money or make a livelihood. We did it because it was fun. And we were a very small group and a lot of opinions and a lot of you know people figuring out how that family works. Now it's not a family. Now it's, well, depends on where you're from, but now it's like a family of, you know, 45% of the internet. And so things don't run the certain way they used to. And I think they still can. I mean, to a certain extent, it may be more polished. So that's what I'm interested and excited about. And I know I'm working with Rob and Master WP as well, because I think as a publishing platform, we've got a chance to set the, the kind of like guiding lights towards things that are, are really workable for going forward. Yeah. So, John, what do you reckon? Something that was in the Master WP article that really hit home for me is that the new blood that's coming into our community is going to be the key to the future success of WordPress. Because you see the um, there's other competitors out there uh, that are trying to come into the market share. You see a lot of the old guard that was there in the very beginning. They're either getting acquired or they're exiting or they're starting new ventures within the ecosystem. But things are changing. And, and then you throw the block editor and, all, and full site editing and, and all these other changes into it as well. But I think if the WordPress community welcomes new talent and attracts new talent uh, in the right way into this community, then it will continue to thrive. If it fails to do that, then it's going to have a challenge. Well, I've got to tell you, folks, um, I was feeling like Spencer, but I've got to tell you, coming to WordPress Europe, I know it's really cliche and I thought I would never say this, I really do sense a kind of community feeling here, much more stronger than any of the WordCamps that I've been to in the US. It's quite, it's quite amazing, really. Um, yeah. 
it's quite amazing. Uh, um, um, but I suppose that sounds really cliched. What do you reckon, panel? What do you reckon, Sally? Do I sound a bit cliched? I think it's adorable. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Sally. What about you, Spencer? I'm sure you're not going to say anything nice to me. Uh, you know, the thing I want to say is that the changing nature of who contributes is important to me. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm mirroring a lot of what Master WP does and Rob does. We were talking about this at length, but I know Brian's on board with I'm sure. Diversity and inclusion is the easiest thing we can do in WordPress. Because if you look at who makes up the team at Master WP, if you look at who are the key developer teams today, guess what they're not? They're from every color, every gender, every orientation all over the world. They're not just like the thing that we're dealing with in America here. We're whatever. And so for me, that is the best thing that I have to get up in the morning and look forward to is that my conversations are not with some old white guy. Sorry. They're with like everybody of every shape, size, color, orientation around the world. And because it's code and because it's business online, everybody can be democratized. And so I don't want to be waving my flag, but in my case, I feel that's so exciting because they're like me. 16 years ago when I came from a completely different space into WordPress and I could basically write my own ticket. That's where the new software, that's where the new ideas, that's where the new stuff is going to come from in WordPress. It's not going to come from some top-down old geezer, you know, with the CEO cap. Sorry. Yeah, but it's been amazing. The uh, Porto's amazing city where they're having the uh, event is really, it's in a, it's in a, on top of the city and it was a ex zoo and there's peacocks roaming the grounds and um it's just a really fab crowd here and i've had a fantastic couple of days and i'm looking forward to tomorrow um it's been a really you know a, a fantastic event um really kind of um shows the best of wordpress really um so let's go on to story two somebody who isn't the best of tech <laughs> let's go back to our old favourite, Elon. Good old Elon. He wants all his workers back in the office. He doesn't like people working remote. You know, it's upsetting him. So, John, I know you're I, a big fan. I think fan. Elon Musk doesn't like people, full stop. Well, he, you know, he's the richest man in the world. Soon the owner of Twitter. What, what could go wrong? What can go wrong? You know, but um, John, we all know you're such a big fan. Um, you know, what's, what do you think? He doesn't like his workers. You know, he thinks they're not going to be working if he, if he can't spy on them. So what do you reckon, John? Well, yeah, that there's that. And I, I heard another theory. You know, he's facing this lawsuit from the state of California for discrimination and just straight up racism at his Tesla plant in Fremont. Uh, now he's in hot water because he, uh, in this Twitter bid to, to buy Twitter, he messed with the Twitter stock price. And now the SEC is after him. Uh, and he also tanked his Tesla stock in the, in the process. Hey, Jonathan, too. can you, can yeah. you mute your mic when you're not? Oh, Ron. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, but his, uh. Twitter stock or his uh, Tesla stock is also tanked. So I saw a theory that said that this is a way to get people to quit. It's not necessarily uh, exactly what it seems to be. Like it's it's a way to try and get people to quit. But even if you take this whole thing at face value, the idea that um, you have to come into the office for jobs that can be done remotely it's going to repel any top talent because post-COVID, people realized not everything needs, not everybody like needs to like commute like three hours a day uh, to come to an office just so you can be face-to-face. -face. We're face-to-face -face right now. You don't need to be breathing the same air uh, with people to have a, a good working dynamic. It's, it's a middle management thing, but... Uh, I, I think maybe he's trying to get people to quit. So, Brian, what do you think this is about? He, uh, 
he seems to be on a parade um, to piss off as many people as possible, really. Uh, um, you I, know, uh, um, yeah, I think he's he's definitely one of those like master of social media people, and he just enjoys pushing conversations just to distract from maybe the bad business deals, the stock issues, the lawsuits, all those sorts of things. I mean, I've worked remote for a long time, so I'm obviously, I think any of us here are probably big fans of it. Um, I was actually thinking while you were talking about WordCamp, how much we've missed in-person meetings and meetups and how I think that's kind of part of the issue with the community in general. I think we need some more of those in-person meetups to really get that like spirit back that you're probably feeling being surrounded by people right now who are on the same page, but um, we don't need that every single day with, you know, three hours of traffic. So uh, I think, I think he's just, he just likes to be in the news maybe, <laughs> you know? So Sally, what do you reckon of Mr. Mr. Elon's comments? Uh, well, uh, uh, I think that probably nothing should be taken at face value, but I also think, well, hmm, uh, of course, there's a, a number of Tesla employees who have to, you know, be at work. Uh, but I presume there's a, a tolerable uh, <clears throat> amount of them who do office type jobs and had been working remotely. I would um, certainly not want to go back to an office if no, that so... was as toxic as. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, as the plants have been. So, Spencer, what do you reckon all this is about? First of all, everything that Elon Musk does has to be filtered through the fact that as one of the most influential geniuses of our time and maybe the savior of humanity from some of the technology he brings to the forefront, he, in my opinion, has earned the right to be, quote-unquote, quirky, to say the least. There are a lot of people who are low-level CEOs or middle managers who act like much bigger a-holes just to torture people. But here's a guy who's proven that he's got at least three lines of business, two of which are altering life on this planet and our ability to maybe go to other planets. So from that standpoint, I think he is entitled to the benefit of the doubt that when you're trying to get humans to Mars or change us off of fossil fuels as quickly as possible, you kind of need people to show up at the factory versus the guy who worked at the local bank who demands his employees come in at 545 on a Friday just to listen to him talk, okay? That's how I see it. I mean, he is outspoken, quirky, not like anyone else. He's the richest man in the world. But more importantly, in some weird way, we've all tied our futures onto him because he's the only person in the last 40 years that I can think of who's really, I mean, Bill Gates has, and there's lots of ways, but like, He's got like some seriously human-altering stuff with getting us off fossil fuels and getting into space. And NASA wasn't doing that for 50 years. And why? I mean, they had the same technology in their hands. So weird, yes, politically awkward, definitely. Why is he wasting time on Twitter? Lots of reasons. I, I ignore all of that in favor of, if you work at Tesla, show up at the office. If not, go work at a company that doesn't require you to do that. It's the one exception. Your mic's off, then. Thanks for that. Um, let's go on to story three. Uh, um, I wasn't expecting... Um, I wasn't expecting um, this story. It came during the week. Stephanie's returned. Um, she's... Uh, um, the hostess with the mostess. Not today. No, there you go. Our... Uh, um, I wasn't expecting this story panel. Uh, um, WP Engine requires five five plugins. There's some very noisy people in this in this WordCamp. I can't shut a door without. I just don't know. You can't train them, can you? Um, so I wasn't expecting this. Uh, WP Engine requires five plugins from Delicious Brains. Brian, did you hear a whisper? Did you did a little voice tell you this was coming? No, I mean I think. Uh, I think the biggest one is probably advanced custom fields, I would say, is probably the plugin that most people are going to name recognize in this deal and use. I mean, we use it on a daily basis. Um, we're still rocking that lifetime license that we paid for, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, I don't I don't know how that's working out for them, but it's working out for us. Um, 
but they were just acquired a year ago. So it seems, you know, pretty crazy. I think my biggest question, I, this is such a common trend where the hosting companies are buying up just like slots of plugins and then they own kind of like a little a, a portfolio of, of separate plugins. And I mean, in some sense, it's great because it maybe means longevity for them and we can feel a little safer using them. But I guess I'm just, I want someone to explain to me what they get out of it because I don't understand. I know there's obviously some business logic to it and other than, you know, the profit. So I just, I, I kind of want to know like what the, what the long-term strategy is. Well, um, I, I, I can answer that. Well, um, I was, I just want to put this to you first, Spencer. Actually, of of these companies, I think WP Engine have been the most strategic of them all. Um, what Brian has said to me, I totally agree with a lot of the other hosting companies and uh, especially Liquid Web. I, I really never understood what, why they were buying certain plugins. Well, I think I understand why they've been bought. Uh, um, but I... Um, it didn't match up with the strategy of WP Engine. What was your own fault, Spencer? So the hosting companies are like text messaging companies or cell phone companies, or they're like now the media companies like Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever. We've gone from a model of like suing people for downloading one video to like making them pay $100 per rental to buy their own. Now we're at $14 a month, take everything we got and enjoy it and share it with 100 of your friends because we realize we can't stop it. The hosting companies like WP Engine made their stay. In fact, I had the pleasure of knowing Jason Cohen, at least for a few phone calls, when he was starting it. And I think he's one of the smartest human beings on the planet, honestly. A brilliant person. He solved the problem at the time, what managed hosting needed to be. But that day has come and went, just like text messages used to cost us 25 cents and we were happy to pay it. Like their managed hosting is really not managed hosting for most people. They have enterprise clients they do something for. Everyone else is shove the kids in the school bus. And they realize that it's a race to zero for all of the hosting companies. So what they're all trying to do is get enough services to be bundled together that you can justify paying them $25 or $30 or whatever a month. And the thing they've been doing up till now, and Chris Lemme used to talk about that before he vanished from our space, was that like Liquid Web would pay a, a plugin author like pennies on the dollar to put their plugin into the stock. But that was bad for plugin authors. So instead, they decided it's much better for the politics and otherwise. Let's just buy all the plugins we think are useful, give their authors jobs, and they'll continue to make cool stuff for our stack. And that's what hosting companies will become. They will become essentially mini verticals of you know, like a, like a kiosk, like a tienda, like a little mall shopping food court or something uh, to keep people paying the right. rent. I don't totally agree with Spencer when it comes to this, Sally, but I think when it comes to WP Engine, when they bought Studio Press, they really weren't buying really Genesis. What they were buying was that relationship that Genesis had built up with over 100,000 WordPress developer types. That's what, they were really, that, that's what they were buying into. And I know that there's a lot of developers out there, Sally, that want to put people on Amazon Web Services or DigitalOcean because it entraps, entraps them more with the developer. Uh, um, I don't particularly think that's a good idea. But what, what do you reckon, Sally? Well, I think Spencer is right about the differentiator issue of why uh, the hosting companies uh, do this acquiring. Uh, I didn't see this specifically coming because, of course, Delicious Brains had just bought uh, ACF. Um, but uh, unknown to me, apparently, Brad Tuinard was, you know, mostly interested in, in concentrating on spin-up WP. Uh, and Yes, ACF has a massive developer community, as Genesis had a massive developer community, uh, and WP Engine has put effort into uh, maintaining the Genesis developer community, and I would not be surprised if they do something like that with ACF and, and possibly uh, work it into uh, some of their uh, 
plans for the future of Genesis, which I have uh, uh, seen previews of, and it is uh, a very interesting looking. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm keen for it to get to the to the point where one could talk about it. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, in terms of having people who are, uh, uh, you know, who have some level of loyalty to them. Uh, I think they have done very well. Now, that doesn't mean that I always recommend WP Engine hosting to clients. It depends what they need. Um, I think the hosting is is very good, but um, you know you're gonna you're gonna run into some money uh, beyond what you can necessarily uh, justify if you want to have you know a bunch of different websites uh, on a hosting account. And some of my people. You know, some of my clients have really fairly small, low traffic sites uh, that can get by with um, uh, other hosting companies. Yep. So, John, um, I don't know what to make of this, you know, because it is a bit strange. They bought Elliot's plugin. Um, there was a bit of a debacle about them hinting that. They weren't too happy with the lifetime deal that Elliot had done. You know, they bought in with the devil, and they seemed to be trying to get out of hell as quickly as possible. Um, lifetime, lifetime deal hell. <laughs> and then with, well, Elliot um, had already created a new renewable plan. He just didn't inflict it on any of the existing customers. No. So, um, John, you know, was this all linked? I suppose we never know, will we? I suppose. Well, what's interesting is Delicious Brains itself is not acquired, and they did keep spin up a BP. So this indicates to me that they're going to pool all of their resources into making spin up WP the new thing. And I think the reason for that is Delicious Brains um, originally grew big because of WP Migrate Database Pro, and nowadays. Blog Vault has like a solution that most of the bigger hosts have, you know, can tap into and it just moves the entire site over. Um, but I think between buying ACF and not churning um, any of the old licenses or signing up like new people on the new plan, I think they did the math because they have, I think, like 16 people working there. And I think they just figured it, it out. Was, that, it, yeah. There's an article, Brad said they had like 30, upwards of 30 people. Oh, okay. So and, they probably just did the math. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's what they're going to focus on. I think for WP Engine, it's just more stuff that they can consolidate. And they have, they probably have the, the cash and the resources to. Uh, go with this. They probably have some developers that can keep this going. I will let you know, guys know I don't know yeah. anything about this deal, but I know about a lot of other deals and the money. And just to be clear, this is not necessarily like a retirement event for Brad. I mean, he wants to work on the new product, but like as you were just indicating, when the fact you got lifetime licenses growing support needs against less and less interest in a fragmented market. That is why we are seeing all of the single founder companies having their founders sell and retire or move on to other stuff. Because even, you know, even um, with Genesis, with Brian, gets to be a drag when you're supporting 100,000 people on something you know is a wooden wagon attached to a horse in a world of Teslas. And ACF is the only plug in there of consequence, but many of us already know, like, you can get it a lot of different ways or you have it already. And so that becomes sort of like, whoa, my life is looking like a real going down the, the more work for less pay version of, or I get folded into this great company, get job security, get some cash, everybody wins and, uh, you know, move on to the next thing. Well, it kind of seems that way in a certain, certain kind of area. But coming here, there's companies here that I haven't even heard of. And they're talking to them, and they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of used paid users. And half these people I've never even heard of because they're European based. And I was talking to a hosting company 
um, that a year ago bought um, Rocket, you know, the cashing company. And um, I haven't even heard of them. And I was having a talk with their CEO, and they're they're a Scandinavian-based hosting company with aspirations to one plus. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah, they're um, there's there's a ton of them. There's five thousand hosting companies. But more importantly, about the plugins, there's all these things you don't realize. Like when I meet new companies, I I favor these new companies that are again in Southeast Asia mostly, and. Mm -hmm. Like um, ultimate add-ons for Elementor. They've got a, a theme and about six other plugins. Now a Gutenberg version. They have a team of like 40 people, 3 million customers. Not all paying necessarily, but like that's where the action is these days. It's not where you're expecting it. And it's not, again, I'm not saying it's not one person like Pippin or, you know, yeah. somebody making a plugin anymore. It has to be part of a bigger thing. So being part of a team like WP Engine is the only logical way to kind of carry on where there's 50 people overseas that can make a duplicate of what you're doing as part of their daily, you know. Like yeah, so Brian, do you think, Brian, that this is, uh, just to finish off before we uh, finish the first half of the show, which you're going to be relieved about, Brian, obviously. Uh, um, so uh, uh, do you think this is also being linked to Gutenberg and React? Has this Is this part of the brew that's led to it or was it really just other factors yeah i mean i i think i think part of this will tie into uh spencer's article that i think we're going to talk about and this idea of stacks that each developer kind of uses to set up but i I kind of i i do think there is a sense that advanced custom fields which again i really enjoy and really use maybe doesn't fit in into a full site editing world and I think we saw the same thing with Genesis, which really didn't fit into a block editor world and still doesn't even support, I think, like, you know, block editing widgets and things like that. So it does feel a little weird from the WP Engine side to say uh, we're going to jump onto these things that feel like last decade's WordPress tools and not the next decade's WordPress tools, which, yeah, probably will be more JavaScript and React-based. Um, but again, you know, I, I also agree that WP Engine is a great company and we love their hosting. And I wonder, and I know they have some long-term strategy when they do this, I would think. So it'll be interesting to see what Advanced Custom Fields looks like in a year because um, I, I, I do agree that they probably know what they're doing. I just don't know what it is. Right, thanks for that, Brian. I'm going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments. The panel being been extremely patient with me, apart from Spencer. But we'll be back in a few moments. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Hey, Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back. I've had masseuse rubbing my feet here. I've got, uh, you know, soft jazz music going on in the background. I, I don't know why you think I'm so tense, but I will show you tense if you keep talking like that. He's promises, promises. Rubber just love it. But if only <laughs> you were as relaxed as Brian. There we go. I'm, I'm at the Atterum booth. Um, Vito um, suggested that I should do the show live, so I'm blaming him for the disaster that the show... Oh, my God, what happened? Well, they, they couldn't get their bloody gear working properly, oh, no. so Stephanie had to go, didn't she? But, um, you know, we're having fun. You know, I'm enjoying company with a friend of the show, Vito. It's a great event. Uh, um, before we go into the main stories, <coughs> uh, um, 
I just want to say you should sign up for the WP Tonic newsletter. It's a, I write a personal editorial every week. And it's quite interesting, even though the panel can't be bothered to read it. But there we go. Uh, um, so we're on, to, we're on to the next story. Uh, um, sunsetting. Uh, what's this one? Uh, um, what have I got here? Sorry, I apologise. I wasn't prepared. Um, setting sunsetting girl boss is nearly complete. Um, this is to do with Facebook and blah blah blah. Um, John. What did you think of this one, John? Um, this is the New York, the New York Times article, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't read too much into this. I think it's just sometimes people um, change leadership or, you know, people step away from being CEOs. I, I don't think it's anything different than that. It's kind of like Jack Dorsey stepping away from Twitter. Um, as CEO, just sometimes people want to try new things. I, I, I guess I don't read like too much more into it than this, but I don't really, I'm not really, I don't generally follow like beauty and fashion that much. So I, I, I don't know that I have. A big oh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm shocked, John. I'm oh, shocked. Sorry. Let's, let's see if Brian's more of a fashion, um, New York fashion, um, trender, you know, um, but. Um, the, one of the reasons why I included this story still, Brian, was obviously we've had the news of Facebook and she's been in power, you know, I think she was chief chief operation officer for 16 years. She's, she's left. So I kind of, in my twisted brain, Brian, I thought kind of the two stories had some linkage. Was I correct about that? And uh, are you a connoisseur of fashion, Brian? No, I can't say that I'm super fashion forward, but um, I did, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I skimmed this article because it, it felt to me like, who writes this? Oh, it's and, that polite way to say it was shit. <laughs> I just, I think, who came up with this term girl boss? I feel like I would find that demeaning, you know. Oh, I've, somebody... I've heard that for years. Uh, yeah, is that, uh, we should ask Sally what she thinks about the word girl boss, because that just, I don't, you know. It, it sounds like a demeaning term. I, that could just be me. But uh, if someone, it, what do you been, think? I've mostly seen it more as an uh, uh, as an empowering term, but it is also a little bit, you know, as as you say, um, it, you know, uh, 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 to consider somebody who is uh, uh, is the boss, uh, uh, you know, as a little girl is. Uh, you know, inherently contradictory. Uh, I suspect I'm too much of an old fart to entirely uh, get the point on on that one. I don't know. Spencer, when I was living in London, it used to cost me a lot of money to get, you know, talking down from a woman. So, uh, um, sorry, that was a good one, Spencer. I'm I'm sorry. So what do you recommend? <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon, Spencer? I think it's just an example of how there's a lot of um, quick rising and quick falling businesses because you you know I'm Gen X, so we're we're old fogies, but you know we like something and we like it for forty years. The younger kids today like something today, and by tomorrow it's like out of favor. And if you're going to put money into a, you know, a youngster, I don't even know if it's millennial, it's younger than Gen Z or something, company, I think it's sort of silly to presume that A, it won't be filled with competitors in five seconds like this was. B, this was a business that worked like before the pandemic and now our recession, everything. So when you pour $80 million into something that's super cool as a pop-up shop or, you know, like a YouTube channel, you know, we've seen this happen. Just look to Blockbuster. Like Blockbuster had its reign and then Netflix, but even Netflix, unlike Blockbuster, was smart enough to pivot from kiosks and CDs into rentals. And then it rented into now what we were just talking about, like $14 all you can eat and give it to your friends. Like they have to pivot, but there's not necessarily going to be a correlation between $80 million and getting a payoff because the market they had was a small little nuance, like it was an enigma. So, I mean, listen, they... (laughs) 
the, the, I said in my w, Master WP article, and I'll just bring it into this topic. You know what I love about the world today? All the rules are broken. Everybody's acting like a maniac. The, what's up is down and left is right. And you know who wins in situations like that? People who are open-minded, flexible, entrepreneurial, optimistic. Because for every single problem is now a new potential business solution. Done. And whether it happens every 10 years or not, I'm thrilled. So this is an example of that. John is frozen. His microphone, Jonathan, your microphone is off. Jonathan, your microphone is off. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Your my fault, my fault there. Uh, um, let's go on to the last story, the biggest story, obviously. Uh, annoy, uh, annoy, annoy, that's right, probably the right word. Full site editing um, from, from Spencer. I'm going to let Brian. So, Brian, what did you think of this particular article from Uncle Spencer? Um, you know, I think, I think overall, I would generally agree with this. I've kind of made the argument that full site editing should not be a core feature. It really should be a cool plugin or something. It doesn't really make sense in core. I think um, Gutenberg, the block editor, does, and, I, and I'm a fan of the block editor. I think it. If we spent the last two years just fixing the block editor and not trying to also bring in full site editing, we'd all be in a much better place. Um, but you know, overall, I agree with this. I actually just really liked the concept of stacks in general, just because that's something I think we all know, but we've never really maybe seen a term for. We know places, agencies that like Elementor is their stack and they do everything based on Elementor and Elementor add-ons and that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, Genesis used to be a pretty popular one for us. Now we pretty much stick with understrap plus advanced custom fields. But I think, you know, that's where I kind of see all this going and we can all have our own like, this is our category of uh, how we build a website. And I think we lost Jonathan as something. No, I'm just, by. I'm just, oh, okay. uh, I've got people around me. This was a cool idea that didn't work, Brian, but you've got to try them, haven't you? Uh, um, they're the most noisiest bloody crowd of it, or righteous crowd I've ever come across. So, Sally, what did you think of Uncle Spencer's story? Uh, well, um, I am personally all in on full site editing. Uh, uh, it, it, even though it's imperfect um, and, uh, you know, not ready for prime time in a, in a number of areas, uh, I really, uh, I really like it. But Spencer is right in terms of if you're thinking about what your agency is going to focus on and so on and, and so forth, and you have a, you know, you have a well-developed uh build process and it's working for you, then, uh, you know, it, it, even if you are keeping up with this stuff on the side, you're not necessarily going to change your business model and the stuff that you work with. And it is true that there's a lot of pretty sophisticated uh, stuff out there already um, uh, with uh, uh, Elementor and with cadence and with these you know uh increasing uh offerings of you know you have a site building tool plus you have a lot of uh, example websites uh to start with although um some sometimes that seems a little overwhelming in terms of all of those um all of those options uh, and it reminds me a little bit of some of the uh, <clears throat> dreadful theme forest stuff, uh, <clears throat> uh, better constructed, um, uh, but that same uh, principle in a way of everything in the kitchen sink. Right, John. Um, I, I, it's really interesting. Again, you've got such a diverse point of view from Sally to, to Spencer. I, I lean more with Spencer on this particular one you know we got cadence we got the uh, astra i think they i've forgotten what they renamed their gutenberg solution theme solution we seem to have some very satisfactory solutions already out there i just think this is a bridge too far what do you reckon john well i mean judging by the feedback that i've i've seen from people um in the community like there are definitely people all in on 
uh, full site editing. Some people are saying it's kind of a beta product right now. Obviously, for where the WordPress project wants to go, this is what it needs to be um, because there are a lot of no-code solutions and they see you see that a lot of the growth in WordPress is Elementor uh, over the last few years. And I think they would be foolish not to pursue uh, full site editing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the base thing is, is you got to do what's right for your clients. You got to do what's right for your agency. And I think for a lot of people, uh, full site editing is the way to go. There are a lot of products out there that are bridging the gap and, and filling in the, the uh, gaps that are not present in the block editor in its current form. So I, I think that it's, it's good to embrace uh, this direction. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's a good article and uh, I think it's a good direction to go. And I hope that the WordPress project is successful in its ambitions of becoming uh, the robust solution that it wants to be. Well, I think let's go for our recommendations of the week then. Um, my recommendation is Porto. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, it's a fabulous city. Uh, um, I'm having some strange looks. I'm actually a live podcast. Uh, um, uh, um, I think I've got audience out here, folks. Uh, um, so my recommendation is Porto in Portugal. If you want a fun time, come to Porto. Uncle Spencer, what's your recommendation? Based on today, I think your recommendation would be port, the wine, which you've had for breakfast and lunch, clearly. But other than that, uh, I was going to recommend MailTrap. MailTrap is a service that allows you to quickly and easily provide a, a pseudo SMTP service so you can test all of your optimized checkout and other transactional emails. And so instead of wasting trying to, you know, send yourself emails or set up a real SMTP or whatever, just attach this. It's free. And it's amazingly useful. It doesn't take a technical whiz. You just copy the SMTP things into a free plugin like, like a Fluent SMTP, and you're off to the races. So anybody who's testing their checkout sales funnel transactional emails, use something like this, and then you get to see it. Like, it's like a fake email box, but it's in the account, and there's no setup required. So, really Brian... So, Brian, have you got a recommendation? Um, you know what? I can, uh, I can recommend there's, I've, if no one's recommended this, there's a newsletter I've been enjoying. It's called The Repository. Um, I think it's sponsored by GoDaddy, but it's, you know, there's been a lot of cool newsletters in the WordPress space. And this one, I think it's therepository.email. And it's just, you know, another WordPress newsletter, but it's more narrative and less, you know, just a, a chunk of links. Um, it, it feels very handcrafty. And uh, I, I think it comes out maybe once a week, but it just came out today. And I, so it's on the top of my mind, uh, the repository.email. Oh, well, you, you have to sign up for the WP Tonic. You have to read my editorial, Brian. That's what I've got to say. Uh, <laughs> you're probably not after this show, actually. You probably never want to speak to me again. Uh, um, Sally, um, Sally, have you got a recommendation? Uh, yes, just to get up Spencer's nose, I want to uh, <coughs> recommend uh, a WordPress Learn session taught by Nick Diego from WP Engine uh, on uh, Let's Build a Custom Theme uh, with uh, full site editing. Uh, and uh, <coughs> you could find that uh, on the uh, WordPress uh, uh, <coughs> social learning uh, meetup. And um, I will put the link in the chat. Uh, I've put put the link in the Slack, uh, and <clears throat> so uh, it, there's already a bunch of people who have signed up for it. So they got 105 people attending. So uh, you know there are definitely uh, folks who are on board with FSE. I, I want to oh, add wow. something, not, not that I disagree with Sal, but I want to add something I thought was interesting about what's old is new again. So when I started in WordPress, we didn't have page builders. And I my first business was essentially teaching how to build sites with Bootstrap, HTML, CSS, because you only need to be one step ahead of the people uh, behind you. 
But what I think is really interesting, I might actually do this on a goof, but somebody else takes the idea, I'm fine with it. I think CSS is the most accessible of all the languages. And now with the page builders and all the like, oh, it works 95% of the way, I'm thinking of like showing people how to do CSS for page builders because that's where like the last inch exists, right? And it's like, oh, I got Elementor, but oh, there's no control. Oh, Bootstrap, oh, there's no control. It's just like one little snippet of CSS could solve your whole day. And I think that would be something that I'm curious. I may just do this on a goof and launch it this weekend, but like a workshop, CSS for page builders, $29. See who wants to attend. Because I used to do hours and hours and hours of this, and it's not that much you need to know. It's some basic, you know, rules and, and so forth. Yeah, I can see why you would go. Because it'd be like going back to old days, really, wouldn't it? Well, you it's, know, it's, like, well. it's like the Tesla, you, you know, it's an electric car, but like, how to how to change the the carburetor on a car? We have to, like, show, we, a, yeah. we have to change the title of our funnel show to. Oh, we're um, we're changing our title to something else because we're going to focus on that's another thing on checkout experience because I oh. found over testing people understand when you say checkout versus sales funnel and similarly when you say page builder they think everything is handed to them and they don't realize that that one last like step. And by the way, uh, Brian can pitch on this, but like I was speaking with Rob about there's a huge divide now between the marketplace of end users who are consumer small companies versus enterprise. And the reason that like understrap is the theme that they use is because understrap is old school. It lets them take a Figma drawing and just turn it into the thing that the customer is going to pay for. They don't want page builders. They want just the result. Whereas the page builder crowd they want to like drive off the showroom with the thing exactly perfect, but they're all sitting around twiddling their thumbs for three years waiting for that last inch. And so there's nothing in the middle anymore. We all used to be in the middle. Now we're at this end. And I think there's, there's something for both things, but we shouldn't expect the world in the middle to exist. Of, And that's a problem I'm working on in a bigger sense of like, why doesn't WordPress have an onboarding experience for people that's like going to Wix or Shopify? Like, why is it you have to wander the fields looking for Lego blocks that were laid around during Easter instead of it just being, here's what you want and it's ready to use. Ta-da. Fun, funny enough, I was talking to some people that are actively finding a solution for that. They're I think everybody is. It's, that's the point. Yeah. That's experience. Yeah. Okay. We all need this. God knows. Yeah. So, John, have you got a, rep- a recommendation for us? My recommendation is one of the brilliant, insightful people that I follow on Twitter, and that is Mecca Okareke, and he is Director of Engineering at Google Play, and uh, a very uh, brilliant uh, Twitter account that that I think that you would get a lot uh, from. So go check that out. Uh, um, I'm going to wrap the show up. It's been interesting. The panel's been patient. It's been a great couple of days at WordCamp Europe. I've been partying much too late for my age, and I think it's shown, actually. Uh, We'll be back next week with another great show, another great guest. Hopefully, Brian will return. He won't hold this against me forever. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.